The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. This is Galen McDowell. I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. We're still in the midst of the series titled The Prosperity's Ten Commandments, which is based upon the book of the same title by Georgiana Tree West. It's a unity classic. And I think it's an it's an important book because it gives really great foundational prosperity principles and it uses the Ten Commandments as a uh, as a foundation to teach them. Is she she gives an interesting spin on each of the Ten Commandments and gives them a prosperity slant. I strongly suggest that you get the book because it's a classic. You want it for your library. You can learn a lot from it. And again, when I'm teaching these books on the show, it's important to remember that I'm not teaching the books line by line, chapter by chapter. I'm highlighting principles. If you want to drill down you have to make sure that you give yourself an opportunity to to win by studying the book in greater detail. All right. So the third commandment is you shall not you shall not speak the word of lack or limitation. You shall not speak the word of lack or limitation. This comes from Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, which is the third commandment. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of your Lord, your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Now, when I was growing up, this was a serious scripture. I can remember, you know, my grandmother saying to me over and over again, don't use God's name in vain. Don't use God's name in vain. And this was uh, a scripture that was used to speak against profanity. Now, I'm not saying what you should or shouldn't use. Obviously, I believe in proper language in the proper places, etc. And personally, I don't utilize profanity in any setting. But that's my choice. The But this has something to do with thinking at a much deeper level than what you use before or after the word God or Lord. This is speaking about how you use your words and how your words have creative capacity. And we should not be using our words in vain. So when the Prosperity Ten Commandments say you shall not speak the word of lack or limitation, ask yourself, how often do I speak of lack or limitation as a reality in my life or in the life of someone else? How often am I speaking abundance versus limitation or lack? How often am I 
thinking, dwelling, contemplating, and deeply feeling lack or limitation. Because that becomes our word. And the word that comes goes forth out of your mouth shall not return unto you void. Or shall not return to you empty is how the modern translations normally translate it. So it's important to recognize that many times our words are letting us know what we're really deeply thinking and feeling. That's the reason why I like that book, uh, A Complaint-Free World by Will Bowen so much. I did a series on it last year or a couple of years ago. I don't remember. Or three years ago. These shows are just running all together now for me in my mind. Because when you put the wristband on and you complain or you throw shade or whatever, throw shade is, you know, you know, when you talk about somebody without them being there, devalue somebody with your words, etc., you have to switch the wristband. And you have to go 21 days without switching it, <clears throat> which is exceptionally hard, believe it or not. So when you do that exercise, one of the things that you will discover if you've ever done it or tried to do it is your words really let you know what's going on in your mind. It makes you mindful of how you're using the power of your word. And if you can't make a day without switching your wristband, that means that every day you're speaking words into the world, into your life and into the life of others that do not promote harmony, that do not promote peace, that do not promote joy, that do not promote health, that do not promote love, and do not promote prosperity. So it's important to get it. You shall not speak the word of lack or limitation. Now, this does not mean if you have responsibilities that, that you write checks that you can't cash or you take on commitments that you know you don't know how to handle. I'm not saying that you should go and commit yourself to things that right now are beyond your present level of understanding. What I am saying is wherever you are, be responsible for what you have and be mindful of your language. So handle your responsibilities, pay your bills, take care of what needs to be taken care of, put your mind, your feelings, your words and your money in divine order so you know where they're going and what they're doing and why. And as you develop in consciousness, you can do more and start to use your words where you are to speak to a greater existence of prosperity, of love, of peace, of joy, and happiness in your life. But you have to start with catching your words because if you can catch your words you will start to catch your thoughts if you can catch your words you can start to catch your feelings if you catch your words you'll start to catch even your body language you shall not speak the word of lack or limitation 
How often are you in the conversation of lack or limitation? It's important. How often? So, I'm going right to page 42 on this book. In the middle of the page, it's talking about the I am experience that Moses had in Exodus chapter 3. So it says, I am is the name of that living, loving, wise power, which is pure being, the invisible reality of all that is. I am is also the name of our indwelling spirit, the invisible image and likeness of God that we are to make manifest as we fulfill the purpose of our existence. So one of the things that we start need to start being mindful of is how we use the word I am. And anytime you mentally associate yourself with something, you're saying I am. So sometimes this is the trick of metaphysics because it's not a trick, and I'm using the word trick idiomatically. I'm saying that it's a trick from the standpoint that we're just not aware of it. Anytime you mentally associate with something, you're saying, I am. I am that thing. Because to mentally associate yourself is to say, I am. It's identity. I am is your spiritual identity. I am is the indwelling power. So you can say, I am, and then you add something to it. That's what you're attaching yourself to. Reverend Ike used to say, I am is your first name. What you add to I am is your last name. And he would say, say, I am rich. I want you to get it. How are you using I am? So, for instance, when my body isn't expressing the way I want it to express, I don't say I am sick. I'll say my body's not expressing. You know, or my body is da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Because I am is perfect, whole, and complete. And then I have, you know, so if, if it's something that's factual that I need to explain, I go to the doctor, uh, and the doctor says, okay, what's wrong? I'm perfect, whole, and complete. That doesn't make sense. But you can't say, well, my da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But anybody else outside of that conversation of need to know, just I'm working on my healing. See me whole. See me well. Why? Because you're trying to build a consciousness of abundance, of wholeness, of perfection. And when we start drilling down too deeply into what's wrong, we create problems. Now, I'm not saying, again, that sometimes talking about how to deal with a situation and circumstance factually cannot help. You know, you know people that can help you through remedy, you know, can help you with uh, remedies to ailments or remedies to financial or legal problems just by having conversations with people. But most of the time, our chitter-chatter based upon lack of limitation. And we got have to be mindful. We're not seeking answers as much as we're complaining. And I shall not speak the word of lack of limitation. I shall not speak the word of lack of limitation. It's something to think about. So, he goes on, to, or she goes on to say on page 42, 
Knowing this, we begin to understand that we are constantly creating difficulties in our lives or making the wrong use of the name of God, which I just covered. Then she said, she quoted Jesus, Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. On the day of judgment, you will give an account for every careless word you utter. Since the day of judgment is always the period of reaping what you have sown in thought, word, and action, we find that every destructive claim we make in God's name is constantly taking its toll on us. So one of the things that she points out that is unique to New Thought, not necessarily meaning we're the only people to teach it, but it's very unique to New Thought is we teach that every day is judgment day. Every day is the day where we have, are reaping what we have sown. Therefore, if we're being careless with our words, we still have to get the results of those words, that energy, that vibration that we put out. It makes a difference. We reap what we sow. It's important to have this distinction. Because if we have this distinction, we can make life work at a different level. Back to the book. So she goes on to say, on page 43, the indiscriminate use of the I am is not the only way of profaning God. Every destructive word is a libel against God because it is a denial of God's presence. So if I believe that God is good and God is abundance and God is everywhere present, the moment I speak of lack of limitation, I'm saying that God isn't there. Because if God is there, abundance is there. If God is there, peace is there. If God is there, joy is there. Because God is. Because God is. Because God is. That's part of the process that we have to recognize because God is. Really allow that to land. God is. Not God was. God is. You shall not speak the word of lack of limitation. She goes on to write, we can never become prosperous as long as we affirm poverty. Why? Because if we're affirming poverty, that means that's what we're thinking about. That's what we're feeling. And we will never put our thoughts and feelings in divine order so we can create something different. That's important. Then it goes on to say, we hear a great deal about the power of the word. Page 43, mystically speaking, the word is the idea generated in mind. Commonly speaking, a word is a spoken or written symbol of an idea. So let's just stop. So the word symbolizes what's happening in your consciousness. That's why it's important. The word is, is, is expressing what's happening in your consciousness. This is why she wrote, from this point of view, we may say that the word gives form to the idea. For every spoken word launches some idea into the realm of form. One of the things that William Warch talks about in the concept of the 12 powers in his book, How to Use the 12 Gifts from God, is power, which is in the throat, uh, the faculty of that he says brings uh, that that transfers 
what's the word he wants to use? Uh, I want I don't want to miss. I'm not gonna quote it because I'm uh, I'm so definite about quoting people properly that it's not forming exactly the way I want it to form. I'm not gonna quote it, but the gist of it is because I don't want to say this is what he said and he didn't say it. But the gist of it is that that you're transform transforming or translating or bringing power from one plane of consciousness into expression. So it comes from the mind into actual form through the power of the word. And it's important that you recognize that. All right. Now, back to the book. It says, it not only fixes the idea more firmly in our minds, but passes the other ideas onto the idea onto other minds, causing them to form mental images that are in, in accord with the word spoken. So when you speak the word, you're also implanting into those who are affected by your words the character of the word that you presented. So people can be influenced by your word. They can be inspired. They can be uplifted. They can also be, depending on how they allow it to affect them, and most people are unconscious, so they allow it to happen, you know, without their conscious awareness. They can, you know, you can create depression and sadness and frustration and anger in individuals because they don't have control over their consciousness. But just realize anytime that you are radiating through your words, you're, 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 you're seeding. You're seeding. So a situation, a circumstance where somebody might just need that word to uplift them, to let them know that they can keep keep on going on. You might be the person that can deliver that word, but you can also be the person that, for that person who's on the fence that might discourage an individual from going forward and doing what they need to do in their lives. So just be mindful of it. Just be mindful. All right. Back to the book. It goes on to say, page 43, when we talk about our hard luck, our limited circumstances, the lack of any good thing in our lives, we reveal that we are making false images and letting them have power over us. Mm. So when we speak, we're when we speak lack of limitation, we're letting people know that, hey, my mind isn't where I need it to be. My mind isn't where I need it to be. And I'm letting you know by my words that I believe that these images, these false images I have in mind are the real power. I'm not affirming the presence and power of God. I'm affirming the power of these appearances over me but jesus said judge not according to appearances but judge righteous judgment in other words we need to think we need to discriminate we need to evaluate based upon the truth about god not the appearance and that's when we get to the statement that we say around christ universal temple if it's true about god it's true about me because sometimes it's hard to come up with words that you want to say nicely about yourself humanly. 
especially if you've been through some stuff, you're going through some pain. But what can you say that's true about God? God is wisdom. God is love. God is power. God is substance. God is life. God is peace. God is divine order. If it's true about God, it's true about me. If it's true about God, it's true about me. God is absolute good. If it's true about God, it's true about me. God is spirit. If it's true about God, it's true about me. God is limitless. If it's true about God, it's true about me. With God, all things are possible. If it's true about God, it's true about me. That's how you train yourself. It's literal repetition, step by step, bit by bit. If it's true about God, it's true about me. And then you start saying those words. Everything that you can think of that's good about God, you affirm. And then you just say, if it's true about God, it's true about me. That's phase one. Then you can start saying, I am behind it. God is love. If it's true about God, it's true about me. I am love. God is peace. If it's true about God, it's true about me. I am peace. God is power. If it's true about God, it's true about me. I am power. God is substance. If it's true about God, it's true about me. I am substance. And you go on and on and on and on. And you train and condition your mind. How often should you do it? Do it as often as you need to do it. As Jacob told God in the wilderness in the book of Genesis, I'm not going to let you go. Until you bless me, you got to hold on to that thought. I keep saying on this show over and over again that the, that the the real trick to this teaching is you have to keep your mind stayed on what it is that you desire. You got to keep your mind focused and concentrated on what it is that you say you desire, what you want, not what you want, what you desire from the and when I say what you want get to the space to knowing that it is you have to choose you have to be focused keep the main thing the main thing in mind now i'm just gonna jump over some stuff that she speaks about jesus uh not because it's not important but because i want to get to some other things when i uh because we're coming up closely to the first break and i want to at least prep it before we get into it because this chapter is so loaded she wrote on page 45 jesus told us by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned matthew chapter 12 verse 37 then she went on and gave three steps she wrote, one, when we have the idea of omnipresent spirit as our unlimited source of supply, two, we are inspired to make mental images of the fulfillment of our needs according to God's will, in spite of all appearances, and three, holding fast to these mental images, we speak only faith, hope, courage, and confident expectation of good, and by our words, we are justified. Hmm. So let's go over that again. When we have the idea of omnipresent spirit as our unlimited source of supply. So that means, first of all, we have to develop the consciousness of God as the omnipresent spirit, spirit of as our unlimited source of supply. I am supply. We have to hold that image in mind. We have to have that conviction deeply within our subconscious nature. Then, number two, when that happens, 
when we hold the image in mind of God as our unlimited source of supply, omnipresent spirit, we are inspired to make mental images of the fulfillment of our needs according to God's goodwill. So in other words, we we have to first hold the image that God is omnipresent spirit as our unlimited source of our supply and drill that down. Then once we have that down, then we start to form mental images of what it is that we desire. Reverend Coleman would say it this way. She would say, God, the substance of God is like a great big piece of cookie dough. And your mind is a cookie cutter. And your mind, and with your mental images, you are forming and shaping out of the substance. And she would say, remember when you were a kid, you would make uh, Christmas trees and reindeers and things out of the cookie dough. Because you would get something you would just put into the dough and, and the the cookie dough would would grow around the image and form it to the whatever it is that the image was. I don't know if kids are still doing that today or not, but when I was growing up, that was a big deal to make reindeer cookies and Christmas tree cookies and things of that nature. Well, your mind is the same thing, but first of all, you got to get in your mind that you can form and shape this universal potentiality called substance into the thing that you desire. I want to make sure that that lands. I also want to make sure that because we're coming up to our first break, if anybody wants to call in and ask questions or make a comment, you can call in at 816-251-3555. 816-251-3555. I love to hear from people. I love to hear your comments. I love to hear your questions. I know many of you all end up just communicating with me on the uh, True Transforms Facebook page, which is great. I love the fact that you go to the True Transforms Facebook page and message me and like the messages and things of that nature. But when you have a question and and you ask it over the, you know, call in and ask the question, it gives other people the opportunity of the answer you receive. So take advantage of the fact that you can actually call in on this show and all the shows on Unity Online Radio and get an answer. It's really important that you take time to do it. And it looks like we're about time for our first break now. So when we come back, we're going to drill down on the rest of the chapter. I have some really good stuff I want to share. Make sure you call in and ask questions. And we will be right back with Truth Transforms. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, Please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Catherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. 
God is extravagant supply. Get that, extravagant. God is extravagant supply. He brings forth the best robe. He spreads a banquet table, as we saw last night, with good things on which we may feast. He overflows our cup. He opens the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing. And then this is what that Unity Correspondence Course said. Why are you satisfied with such meager living when you may have so much? To find out more about Unity teachings, visit unity.org. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. Daily Word has developed beautiful card decks to support your spiritual journey. One deck is about healing, another is about finding peace in troubled times, and the family cards are two decks, one for parents and one that can be colored on for children, so families can talk about spiritual principles together. The card decks are available from Unity. Go to unity.org, then click on Shop or call 1-800-24-UNITY Monday through Friday. The world is full of people with amazing stories. I'm Diane Ray, and make plans to join me every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Central for my radio show, Be Present. Each week, I invite you to join in the conversation as I talk to guests about health and wellness, spirituality, metaphysics, philosophy, and a lot more. I want to share information that you can apply to your life today. Listen live or download the show later on demand. I hope you can tune in here on UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms. I want to, before we start back, I want to make sure that at least we have a conversation about the support of Unity Online Radio, just quickly and briefly, as I always do. This show, along with all the other shows, are supported by your donations, so as you freely receive, freely give, as you are moved to support this ministry, I encourage that you do so. You can go to unityonlineradio.org or the shortcut is unity.fm. And click on the donate button and help support this online ministry that goes everywhere. Every time I check my Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell, and I go to messages, I'm getting messages from all over the world. And that's just one show. And I'm sure that there are people who have shows that are more popular than mine, who have more well-known uh, hosts, etc. So I can only imagine where uh, the information that they're getting and where it's coming from. So let's just make sure that we keep it out there. Uh, since I mentioned my Facebook page, you can go to my Facebook page, again, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell, and click on 
the like button, please, and write a positive review and give it a five-star rating. Much appreciated. The show is also on iTunes podcast. Please go on and give it a five-star rating and a positive review. And it's on Stitcher, uh, Stitcher radio app, which is an Android app. Give it a five-star rating and write a positive review. It helps with the algorithms. I've been told by our producers. So let's make sure that we get it out there to do what we need to do so we can help spread this message. If it's positively impacting your life, pay it forward by helping it get in front of more people. That's my request. Thank you for acknowledging the request. I appreciate your consideration. All right, back to the book. So going back to, we were at step two uh, on page 45, we are inspired to make mental images of the fulfillment of our needs according to God's goodwill in spite of all appearances. So once we recognize that God is the source of our supply and God as the source of our supply is omnipresent spirit, then we can we can phase to a different level of consciousness, which is creating the images out of it that we desire, as I mentioned with the cookie dough analogy that Reverend Coleman used to use. Then Georgiana Tree West wrote, holding fast to these mental images. All right. Holding fast to these mental images. That's key. We have to have the strength of character to hold them after we see them. This is taught metaphysically as Peter and Andrew, the brothers. Peter is faith. Andrew is strength. So what Peter sees, Andrew has to hold. Anyway, holding fast to these mental images, we speak only words of faith, hope, and courage. So you hold fast to the images and then only speak words of faith, hope, courage, and confident expectation of good and by our words, we are justified. By our words, we are justified. Really allow that to land. By our words. Can you concentrate? Change your mind and keep it changed. Change your mind and keep it changed. Change your mind and keep it changed. You say, but I'm distracted by many things. I get that. And you have to change your mind and keep it changed. And you have to go back to it, just like learning an instrument, to play an instrument or learn how to dance or how many times that you write your timetables before you got it. How many times did you write the alphabet? You wrote those letters in in cursive over and over again, over and over again, over and over again. So you can do it without thinking. Your repetition matters. You know, I jokingly, I joke with my friends because I'm the person when I text, I never use code words. Like instead of writing, like texting K for OK, I always say OK. And I never use abbreviated words. And I, and I tell people it's because I have to be mindful that I'm I'm in the realm of communication. I'm emailing, I'm communicating with people, and I never want my brain to 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 go to shorthand unintentionally. So I have to be mindful 
that's just me. I can't speak for anybody else. Other people can do it, and it's probably easy. Just like people who, who, you know, when I was growing up, who could watch Scooby-Doo and do all of their homework. But when I was watching Scooby-Doo, I had to watch Scooby-Doo. Everybody's different. So you got to find out what works for you. But what I'm saying is, if you want to achieve a certain amount of good, you have to put in the work of concentration and diligent effort. Concentration and diligent effort. And you just have to do it. And then you do it again. 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 I remember years ago doing some Kung Fu training and we were doing some drill. I was uh, studying with this uh, Chinese grandmaster on the north side of Chicago named uh, Grandmaster Wei Lun Choi. He was a grandmaster of this system called Li Hu Ba Fa, uh, which means six harmonies, eight methods in Chinese. But I wasn't learning that. I was learning Xingyi Xuan, which means like mind form boxing or mind form fists. Anyway, uh, we were stunning. We were doing these drills and we drilled the five elemental fists, which is, which is the foundation technique of the style so long that when I left, I couldn't lift my arms. I was scared to drive home because I couldn't lift my arms to, to turn the steering wheel. But that's what it took to get the technique into my body, into my subconscious, to the point to where I didn't have to think about the technique. The technique happened. You know, so, I mean, you know, I'm leaving drenched. I'll never forget that day because I, 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 was, I was so far from home. And I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to get home? I can't even lift my arms to the top of this steering wheel. Uh, and I remember, you know, and I don't recommend this now, driving, holding the steering wheel at the bottom, like barely being able to move and driving really slow to get home because I could not, I couldn't barely move, but I, but I just did it and I 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 did it. But I tell you from drilling it like that day after day, after day, after day, after day, boy, did it pop out when it was time to pop out. I would practice with the other students and it was crisp. Why am I sharing this? I'm sharing it. One, because it's a good memory, and I like the fact, and then it makes me know, like, man, I got to get crisp again. But the other thing about it is, through the repetition of doing it, I realized that I could, because I was holding to what I was doing. It's the same thing. You got to hold to the image of what it is that you desire, the, the good that you want to desire, the money you want to demonstrate, the health you want to demonstrate. You have to hold that image, and then you have to speak only words of faith, hope, and courage, and confident expectation of good. Don't let yourself off the hook. Don't let yourself off the hook. If you say you're going to go to the gym for 40 days in a row, I don't care if it's 11.59 p.m., go to the gym. Don't let yourself off the hook. If you say you're going to do this, whatever diet to fast to cleanse your body for seven or 10 days or whatever, do it and speak words. Don't speak, oh, I can't wait till I eat that uh, pound cake or give me a Whopper. 
because your mind is on the whopper instead of on your health. You have to speak words to I'm 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 getting healthy, I'm getting stronger, I'm cleansing my cells, I'm getting creating greater vitality. What are you doing? You're shifting your mind. When you're doing that homework, oh man, I'm so tired. I just want to watch this, whatever. See, I am tired. You already affirmed it. Johnny Johnny Coleman used to say, if you could walk in the house and you flopping down talking about I am tired, you might as well go get in the bed and lay down because your body ain't gonna be able to do anything because you're you created the state of I am tired versus what it is that you're seeking to produce. Some people haven't don't do nothing all day. They're the most tired folks ever. But what are you tired about? You haven't done anything. But here's the thing, debating with yourself about what you should or shouldn't do or living a life that's inconsistent with purpose drains mental energy. So you find yourself mentally tired and you haven't accomplished anything. You haven't done anything mentally or physically. That was, let me rephrase that. You haven't accomplished anything. You're just wasting energy, like marching in place. You know, like uh, military people, they march in place. Now, if you just march in place over and over again and you never move, you're marching, but you're not going anywhere. That's how some people's mental activity is. They're marching in place. But then that putting that energy towards an, an intention that allows them to accomplish something. Back to the book. Back to page, what do we see? Page 47. Bottom of page 46. The wise have learned that life is like an echo. It always returns the call sent out. Mm. Life is like an echo. It comes back. Life is like an echo. It comes back. Back to the book. It says, page 47. True students understand that life's echoing of our words is in accordance with the working of God's law. For our words are the culminating power of our thoughts, and our thoughts are the creative actions, excuse me, action of our minds. I'm going to read that again, because this is a highlighter point if you have the book. True students understand that life's echoing of our words is in accordance with the working of God's law. For our words are the culminating power of our thoughts, and our thoughts are the creative action of our minds. So God's law brings us back that which we put out. Again, Apostle Paul wrote, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, so shall he reap. The book goes on to say, the spoken word is the first projection of the creative power in, of mind into the realm of form, and further manifestation always follows. So when you speak the word, you are projecting the power of your mind into the realm of form. What are you speaking life into? It said in, in the old scripture attributed to Moses, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death 
are in the power of the tongue. What's coming out of your mouth. Back to the book. It says, the law is that whatever is persistently held in mind must eventually become manifest in the realm of form. We intensify the working of the law by every word we utter. So when you're holding it in mind, you're in, it's intensifying. The longer you hold it, 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 the longer you hold it. It's sort of like a slingshot. You're holding it, you're holding it. As you keep pulling it back, you keep pulling it back, you keep pulling it back. You're creating that tension. 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 Then boom, when you let it go, it can push through what appears to seem like it's in your way, like your Goliath, and knock it down. But you got to hold it and hold it. You just don't put the rock in the slingshot and, and, and swing your wrist or your arm. You hold it, 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 you hold it. Boom, you let it go. We don't hold the thought. We don't hold the word. We don't hold the image long enough to where it could create the tension or the pressure of power in the mind. Really want you to get it. Just like that slingshot. I'm holding it. I'm holding it. I'm, and long, the longer I hold it, the more power I'm developing. We say three affirmations and we want the world to change. We haven't held it. We haven't held it in mind. Notice what the law says. Thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. Thoughts, the key word in that statement is held. Held. Scripture says it this way. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So, And the key words in that scripture, that's Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2. He who dwells, dwells, not jump in and out. He who abides, not jump in and out. You have to stay in that consciousness. This, the, the, the dwelling and abiding gives you the benefit of the shadow of the Almighty. Not jumping in and out. Not pondering God and pondering the lack and the limitation. Not pondering God and pondering the, the the what could go wrong and why and all of the other stuff. But he who dwells under the shadow of the Almighty shall abide. You can only abide when you dwell. And you get, and what I'm saying is, when you concentrate and focus and keep the main thing, the main thing, keep your mind, change your mind, and keep it changed. You're creating that mental tension. You're creating that pressure. The, you're 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 putting a demand on the universe. You're impressing upon something to produce the desire that you want. 
We have less than 10 minutes left. I want to make sure if anybody wants to call in, they can at this point. 816-251-3555. 816-251-3555. You know, I want to make sure you, you get it in. All right. The book goes on to say, when we think about a thing, we are forming a pattern of that particular thing. When we speak about it, we are sending forth the word and it is being condensed into form. We should not speak of an idea or thought or belief unless we want to see it take form. Stop talking about what you don't want. Start talking about what you seek to express in your life. Charles Fillmore used to, uh, wrote in Talks on Truth that you don't study life you don't understand life by only studying death be mindful that as you speak he wrote Charles Fillmore that every time you speak the atoms in your body tremble move and change place now we have somewhere around 37.2 trillion cells in our bodies. How many atoms are in it? Now, let's talk about the spirit and soul. You're a threefold being, spirit, soul, body. You're a spiritual being, you're a mental being, or a conscious being of consciousness, and you're a physical being. 3.72 trillion cells. As you speak, you're speaking to those 37.2 trillion cells in your body. When you speak, your mental being, you're speaking to awareness. Now, people like Dr. Larry Dossey, uh, who talks about consciousness and and the the power of the mind. Uh, uses a term called the non-local mind. What he says is the mind is not localized. In other words, you can't say your mind is only with your physical being. So when you speak the word, you are speaking the word and your mind is wherever you put your attention. Hmm. That's why some people say, I've lost my mind. Oh, he lost his mind. This is a joke. So, seriously. The, <laughs> the <laughs> if your mind is non-local, that allows you to pray and speak the word for somebody that's in Australia, and they can get the benefit of your prayer. Because you don't have to be there. They don't even have to physically hear you. They don't even have to know you're praying. Because the words that go forth out of my mouth shall not return unto me void or empty. Really want this to land. So when you're speaking the word and lifting God up in your word as prosperity, your mind, which is non-local, 
will draw unto you through God's law, which is spiritual, the physical correspondence to your mental equivalent. I hope that makes sense. The pattern will produce the physical equivalent. So it's important that you don't speak unless you want it to show up. This is why it's important not to get stuck like a the old LPs you get in the groove or the CDs that get scratched and it just plays the same part over and over again. Your mind is unconscious and you're just saying the same stuff over and over again, over and over again, over and over again. Page 48 as we wrap this up. Quoting the book of Job, chapter 22, verse 28, you will decide on the matter and it will be established for you. Our word is always a decree. It, its power depends on the forcefulness of the idea it expresses. Mm. So the stronger you hold the image in mind, the more power your word has. This is why people who have very high levels of spiritual consciousness can speak the word and spirit moves in the activity. Because that word carries the character of their consciousness. This is why some people who have very high levels of consciousness, just being around them impacts the consciousness of others. This is one of the things that I greatly appreciated about the Reverend Johnny Coleman. And I'm not saying this only because it was my opinion, but anybody who knew her would tell you this the same, including spiritual leaders across the board, because she knew most of them. She was a presence as much as she was a preacher and spiritual leader. And I'm saying this in total integrity. Her consciousness was strong enough to brush you back. In her presence, you wanted to get some do right. When she asked you to do something, you wanted to make it happen because you believed that you were a part of something that was bigger and greater than your humanity. You know, I often joked, and when she asked me to come work at Christ Universal, well, I had a really good job. I had, that wasn't that wasn't my intention. But when she looked at me with those brown eyes, I, I could and told me she needed me. I couldn't say no. I couldn't. I had that much faith in her. And I don't mean faith like God faith, like, oh, I'm going to make this person a God. No, not, not that. Faith from the standpoint of, of I believed in what has happened and what she's doing and how it works in her life and the confidence that she had in me, which has played itself out. I will say that she saw something in me and along with many other teachers and spiritual uh, ministers and spiritual teachers here who taught and developed and mentored me, they saw something that I didn't even know was there. 
That's what a presence does. It pulls and calls out what's there potentially. You can be that person for somebody. I pray that I can be that for other people as well. That I'm impacted, that, I, that other people can be impacted the way I was impacted. But a person of high spiritual consciousness can speak the word and stuff happens and things move. Start to pay attention to it. More importantly, develop it so you can be one of those people who can do the same. So with that, it's time to wrap up. Next week, we're going to cover the fifth chapter of this book and get into it. God bless you. And I'll be with you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.